Hello, this is your host Gina G and you are about to listen to a soul to soul conversation on Cherish Your Soul podcast. Soul to Soul conversations open a door of transparency to the life experiences of Christians around the world who are seeking to live for God and desire others to do so. I had the amazing opportunity to go on holiday in Marrakesh with Abby, a beautiful friend of mine who is always pushing me out of my comfort zone and inspiring me to explore different countries. We all need a friend like that, right? This conversation is split into three parts. The first part of this conversation, Abby talks briefly about how reading post-colonial and feminist literature challenges her to think beyond a Western mindset about how to perceive the world. We then discussed how after graduating and securing a job in the city of London, she made a challenging decision to commit to her dream of learning Spanish by quitting her job and moving to Nicaragua. This conversation goes into the frank discussions of facing the unknown and realizing that God's grace is still sufficient. You can catch the second and third part of this conversation in the link attached to this podcast, where we go into further discussions about relationships and the challenges and consequences of being a Christian and dating someone who doesn't believe in the word of God. Meanwhile, sit back, relax, and let me know your thoughts. So, Abby, it's great to be having you on Soul to Soul Conversation um, with you in the city of Marrakech. <laughs> and it's such a great pleasure to have you on Cherish Your Soul podcast. It's a pleasure to be invited. Oh, thank you, girl. Um, we've been friends for quite a long um, time, and I'm excited for our listeners to hear your amazing life story of where you currently are in life. And I'm sure many people will be blessed by hearing your journey of how you've overcome personal challenges and why you're a Christian and how your relationship is developing with Christ. Um, but before we get into the deep, deep, deep stuff, I've got a little quote from you, um, from Oscar Wilde. Um, he said, if one cannot enjoy reading a book over and over again, there is no use in reading it at all. So, so the listeners can get a little insight into who you are and what you like, what book, aside from the Bible, would you say say has really inspired your way of thinking that you could read countless times and has influenced how you perceive others? Oh, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> I know, the juicy one. It's very juicy. Um, if I have to say, put it down to one particular book, it's quite difficult because there's loads of books that I really love but one book that or I should say extract from a book by a writer called Spivak um, Can the Subaltern Speak and I read that Can the Subaltern Speak Subaltern Speak speak. okay Um, and um, that particular book or the writings that I read I haven't read the whole uh, the whole thing I read that during university and that really got me like thinking like whoa the pin dropped it's about um it's from a theory called post-colonial post-colonial theory about um non-western countries and how non-western countries um they're in a position where because of western western countries are so dominant and they have so much power Mm. 
other countries, mm-hmm. African countries, Asian countries, Middle Eastern countries, mm-hmm. where we're othered and okay. we're in, in, in a global scale, our voice, the way that we have to represent ourselves is through the gaze of like the Western mentality. Okay. So we kind of filter us. When we're in like global spaces, we can't, we kind of have to filter ourselves to like westernized ideals for mm-hmm. us to be taken seriously. Yeah. And it really just challenged my way of thinking about how the world is so structured from a westernized point of view mm-hmm. and every other point of view is seen as subordinate. Mm-hmm. So it's talking about non-western people having a voice mm-hmm. and that really really challenged, my, challenged the way I thought about a lot of political things on a global scale. And mm-hmm. As well as other books I read in gender studies as well, uh, that really changed my mind, about especially feminist books, feminist mm-hmm. writings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. your, so your background, so the viewers can get a bit of information on you, your background is, your heritage is from Nigeria. Yes. Um, did you live in Nigeria? I lived in Nigeria for only two years. Oh, for only two years. It <laughs> yeah. Was there, would, they, would you say any... Um, particular book or author in Nigeria that has really influenced and in, in, encouraged you mm-hmm. or actually especially because we're a diaspora we live mm. in um, London mm. but our heritage is from Africa mm. um, has really opened your eyes to see your your, your land of heritage mm. in another light because especially when we live in London we're just bombarded by images of you know I think things have progressed and things have changed but we're bombarded of, of images of Africa as a very like poor mm. place Africa is a country which mm. is not true mm. um, and I think especially when going to the university we went to we was very blessed with a lot of literature to read but was there any particular book that really awakened your eyes um, mm. I think with Chimamanda um, really it, her popularity came about the time when we were both in university and um, I find it really difficult to pinpoint a book mm. and actually more than a book it was actually her TED talk about the single story mm. that really opened my eyes of wow this is a Nigerian writer Ibo writer I'm also mm. Ibo myself mm. and she's talking about the importance of not having um, not, there not being a single narrative for people that we should also have many this we should open our eyes to different interpretations of something as well. Mm-hmm. And that really, her books are amazing. But I think for me, her TEDx talk, mm. I can watch that over and over and yeah. over again. I've watched it. It's, it is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. And she's so bold in yeah. the way she speaks. And I think when I was watching it, I was very proud as well yeah. to see a beautiful um, black um, woman, black African woman, yeah. so beautifully dressed. I love her hairstyle. I love how she um, um, expresses herself through her hair. Just speaks so articulately about, um, you know, not having a single story um, and also displaying a different light of what it is to be a feminist. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Okay, Abby. So, another icebreaker question before we get into the deep, deep conversation is um, we are in Marrakesh and we just, we've just we been here for three days now. We've had some opportunities to do some travelling and eat food and um, just have a taste of the culture. What would you say is the highlight of being in Marrakesh? The food. <laughs> Honestly, I look forward every day to waking up and eating breakfast <laughs> in this place and having lunch and having dinner. Yeah. The food has been a highlight mm. of this trip. 
I love the tea. Yeah. Um, so that has been something that like I've really enjoyed eating the food. Yeah. This particular time. Um, it's very fresh, you very know. Very fresh. Just places where we are, where we're staying, amazing. And yeah. the food is really nice and yeah. tasty. And my palate is a lot wider than it was the last few times. So I'm appreciating it, yeah. appreciating it a lot yeah. more. They have really nice, they're very good with um, vegetables yeah. and fish and very fresh food. And um, yeah, the desserts here are just crazy. Oh my gosh. Making me hungry, Gina. <laughs> okay. Um, so, since we're talking about travelling, I've always known you to be someone that steps outside of your mm. comfort zone mm-hmm. and explore different things. Um, so, for example, I remember when we graduated from uni and everyone was going through that race of finding a job in the city, a media firm or some renowned think tank or a charity that, you know, we just had this impression that we could change the world immediately <laughs> when we graduated. And we still can. Yeah. Um, and we was both in this space of what should I do, you know? And I remember that you got a job a few weeks um, after graduating and you was working for a charity. And then I think it was less than 12 months. I don't know if I would, I'm correct here. Um, you announced to me that you was going to quit this job and travel to Nicaragua Mm. um, to find work and learn Spanish. Mm. Um, Can you take us back to that time and explain that journey of what led you to make that decision and how it influenced your life? I have always wanted to learn the language. It's been something that I started to do attempted to do and actually took lessons actually in first year of Mm. university Um, and I've been just fascinated by Spanish the Spanish language and like Spanish and Latin American culture Um, so when I was doing I think after actually briefly after graduating I actually um, worked for a charity abroad for for a few months um, as a volunteer and um, then I went back into the okay nine to five working for a charity, a great charity in the UK, and I was doing a comfortable role. It wasn't my dream job, but it mm. was a foot in the door for an organisation that I eventually thought I was going to work my way up. Mm. Um, and then I just, after I got really comfortable in the role, and I attempted to make work my way up, and it was a bit more difficult than I expected, I also realised that my dream and my passion is to move abroad. Okay. Like, I had a glimpse of it a few, for a few months straight after uni. Um, and I thought I need to do this and why what's stopping me from doing so I have a few countries of mine I want to go to and I was on the train one day um, I was in a packed rush hour and it was very hot and (laughs) I was just like under someone's armpit and I thought I can't keep doing this commute (laughs) this is not what I want to do yeah I need to, I'm too young. I think, how old was I at the time? I was, uh, maybe I was 22. 22, yeah. I think I was 22, 22. when I, um, uh, yeah, I made the, no, I think I was 21. 21, yeah. 21, yeah. yeah, 21. yeah. I said, you know, I have to, wow, I have to, I have to get, I have to get out. Um, and then I just, and I didn't have a plan. I, I quit my job without actually knowing what I was going to do. Mm. But I. Um, so you didn't have in your mind that I'm going to go to Nicaragua at that time? At that time, um, I had the idea, but I didn't have I didn't have any plans set in stone. Okay. I didn't have any plans set in stone. I had an idea I was going to uh, go to, possibly go to Nicaragua because I had been there previously. But I didn't have any 
plan or anything mm-hmm. fixed and booked. Mm-hmm. I was just making up as I went along, so I yeah. told my boss. But when I told <laughs> when I told my boss, um, he thought I had a plan. So I kind of made up my plan on the spot because yeah. I couldn't handle doing my uh, resignation uh, like speech that I'm resigning. Yeah. But that's and him asking what you do next. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so I just kept making up and go, going along on the spot. And then I put I spoke this into existence, and I ended up in Nicaragua, and yeah. then I was in Spain for nearly a year after wow, that. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah. And that would be the time where you really pushed yourself to actually learn um, Spanish. Spanish. Yeah, yeah, I really pushed myself. It was a very yeah. tough, very tough time in Nicaragua. And, yeah, um, and I, I, yeah. Uh, because a lot of people have you know we see Instagram we see YouTube and I think a lot of people have this image that this dream image in their mind that you know what I'm not happy in the country that I'm living in at the moment so I'm just going to move to another country and they're taking beautiful pictures you know in the mountain or the desert or um, you know they're in a beautiful resort or something and you just see those images but you don't actually see the the, not the pain but the struggle that's behind Mm. that and I remember you know when you was in Nicaragua and you just gave this balanced view of this is amazing like I'm actually having the opportunity to learn Spanish and I'm meeting new people but then this is also very difficult because I'm in, also in a, um, in a different um, culture mm. um, and you just expressing you know having to really push yourself out of your comfort zone mm. um, and so I was so impressed Thank you. <laughs> when you, you made that um, decision and I just want to ask um how would you describe your faith during that time? Do you think it strengthened your trust in God when you was in Nicaragua? Or do you think it um, it weakened it? It definitely strengthened my relationship with God because the first um, few weeks, things were not going the way I wanted it to. And I had a, like a placement, a job, whatever, but it's something a bit wishy-washy mm. and it didn't work out well mm. and then the next day I found something that like, immediately and yeah. I thought God you are working <laughs> thank you God for listening to me yeah. and whenever things go tough I knew that if I don't like this I can get up and go yeah. and God's going to plan me a plan I remember I started that's boldness I, it was bold because I just I came you know from London had this um, like um, like a it's, it's kind of work for stay like okay you volunteer a few hours you get accommodation of food and it didn't go well it was a disaster the first day it, the way it was presented to me really wasn't what I expected yeah and I did one day of work and then I said mm-hmm. I work in the morning so I'm going to leave everyone else was like Abby what you just came and you're like, you going to leave I said where are you going I don't know but I'm going to find something <laughs> and I literally got up I didn't do my shift I got up um, and I went around looking in different places, going to different places and saying, can I use, I can, you know, can, can I do whatever I can okay. to get free combination? Rewind. So you was in another country. Yeah. <laughs> you quit your job that you got Just, beforehand because you like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You had the confidence in God that he would provide and yeah. you knocked on doors I in another country that's not your own, like, looking for jobs. Looking for jobs to <laughs> For working for free so I can get accommodation and food in exchange for accommodation and food <laughs> so when I after I knocked on a few doors mm. um, those doors I knocked on didn't go in vain because I actually met some amazing people through that mm. when I got to one of the my backup placement I said I just told them look I ended up in I've just had somehow yeah. ended up in the country a month early can yeah. I start now even though I'm going to meant to start a month later yeah. and someone had just abruptly left mm. so we were in need of someone like, yeah. immediately 
And they said, yeah, the same day I went, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, you can start. Someone just left. We, we got a, a vacant space. Yeah. Um, so they were happy. They wouldn't even, they even, want, they even offered me lunch that day. So just start yeah. now, take your stuff immediately. So I went back to where I uh, was working and I just told them, look, I'm leaving. I'm mm-hmm. not doing my shift today. I'm mm-hmm. going, bye. <laughs> and yeah, because yeah, I thought, you know, I think I'm all this way to yeah. just suffer. If, it's, if I don't like something, I'm, I'm not... I, if the, I'm gonna seek other opportunities, and mm-hmm. I had faith in God that God, you got my back. Like mm-hmm. I know that if it's not going well, mm-hmm. and as many times I kept wanting to turn back and go back to London, mm-hmm. I was crying on the phone to my boyfriend. I was like, I need to go back. To, I can't do this. This is tough. And I was just praying, and God was just putting good people and in my life and protecting me from certain crazy situations because I ended up in a lot of tough situations mm. and God was in hindsight I realised how much God protected me so I think um, it strengthened it in, a, in, in many ways um, but I think it also as the trip progressed um, and I maybe when I moved to Spain I think it was a bit weaker because I realised when I was back in London I was very I was very I just joined the new church prior to going to Nicaragua I mm. became very big in well, became very fond of this new church, mm. and I was going with my friends. And I became, you know, I was trying to play an active part. And when I was away from my friends, um, away from the church, away from having so much of those kind of spiritual conversations, mm. I just went into like a bit of a complacency mode, and mm. I wasn't really. I was praying, but. I felt it was it, it was really difficult to do it alone mm. and I felt like my my faith was always there but I was praying a lot less mm. a lot less than I would have prayed if I were in London yeah. where yeah. Uh, if I were around yeah. certain people that yeah I think what I'm hearing is the striking the balance mm. I think the beautiful thing about when you only have God to rely on mm-hmm. is that your your faith in the Lord strengthens and you realise that God, you are actually my provider. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's also what God talks about in the Bible where we need community. Mm. We can't be walking this life alone yeah. because even the most, um, you know, intellectual theologian who knows all the Bible, who knows the Bible from A to Z needs community, yeah. you know, needs that reminder that God is there needs that reminder that God sees us needs that reminder that pray needs that reminder that you're not living for just yourself but you're living for the Lord and it overflows to other people but I think what I love about your story is when you were speaking I was just hearing this um you know there's something in the bible about ask you mm. know the door be open and knock you know and I'm not really paraphrasing that in the best way um but it's like a lot of the times sometimes we not even as Christians, as human beings, we get very frustrated with situations. Mm. And rather than actively trying to do something about it, we just grumble and we moan. But what I liked about your story is that you was in Nicaragua. You wasn't happy with the place that you was in. And you could have just headed back to London, but you said, you know what, I'm going to ask. Mm. And you literally asked the Lord for support, but you also literally went out and you knocked on people's doors asking for <laughs> jobs, you know, and finally the door was open there you knocked so many times and the door was closed but finally the door opened mm. and i think it's a great example of what we need to do in life we need to persevere not this the 
the minute we face challenges, we shouldn't just back down and be like, oh, that, that's it. There's no point. This is not my purpose. This is God didn't call me to come here. It was all in my mind. <laughs> what was I thinking? But we're like, no, I had faith that I should be here. I had faith that I should leave my job in London and come here. And I have faith that God is going to provide. And so I'm going to go around and look for a job. <laughs> and that's what I loved about your story because I was like, it really encouraged me to be like, Gina, I think, it didn't encourage me to be like, Gina, leave your job in London and go and travel because that's what God called me to do. But Gina, if God has called you to go somewhere, you do it. Mm. And if you find it challenging, um, persevere through it. And I think it even supported me when I first started, mm. um, I first got my proper graduate job and it wasn't how I dreamed it should be. Um, but I was like, you know what? God told me to be here. Yeah. So no matter what happens, I'm going to work hard. I'm yeah. going to persevere. So... That story of you going to Nicaragua is like epitome of persevering. Um, so thank you so much oh, no for sharing about that. It's a pleasure.